Blog Talk Radio. What is up, everybody, and welcome to Episode 1, Part 2 of Take 30 with Stephen Ercantalo. This is a new and inspired 30-minute chat with renowned paranormal investigator Stephen Ercantalo. My name is Kevin Hartley, Stephen's co-host, and here we go again, unscripted with no boundaries, although we do have a topic this time. Have you ever wanted to become a paranormal investigator? Well, in episode one, Stephen gave us a rundown on his experience getting into paranormal. And if you were ever wondering where you would start, what you would need, go back and listen to episode one. Stephen shared how he got started and gave us his experienced overview and lay of the land, as it were. So we're going to take today and we're going to dive in a bit deeper into some of those how-tos with some added questions because he is a writer, author of a soon-to-be-released paranormal book. He's creating a wonderful, exciting paranormal board game. He's sought after to speak and present at paranormal horror conventions, and he's a thought-leading, groundbreaking paranormal expert. With a new TV show, Urban Urban Legends of the Paranormal, coming to Roku this fall. And recently for that show, for our entertainment, for paranormal investigations, he pushed paranormal investigation to the brink of nearly his own death. But he's here with us today, and in my world, this guy is inspiration and consistency, integrity, kindness, generosity, honesty, vulnerability. He's my buddy. He's my friend, the man we want to hear from, Stephen Ercantalo. How are you, sir? I am very well. Thank you again for that amazing opener. Um, Ah, I'm excited. I'm excited for part two because I have no idea what these questions are going to be. (laughs) Well, it's all in follow-up to everything that we talked about last time. So you gave us a very generous overview of uh, sort of how you got interested in the paranormal. I I mean, from the starting point of anybody who's listening who wants to get into the paranormal, not necessarily how you got your interest developed, but here we are all at that same point. We've all got an interest. We all want to get into it. And uh, our 30 minutes went by really quickly. I think there's a lot of information in that episode one, so I'd encourage people to go back and listen to it uh, because really we're going to just sort of ask you some to elaborate a little bit further on some of the stuff that you, you spoke about there. And one of the things that resonated with me, lots of things resonated with me. I've got about five five questions, and if we give them all about five minutes or so, then that'll be our half hour. But you mentioned about or there's, I guess there was a, a lot of conversation about teams or a lot of people do teams. You've done teams. You're more of a lone wolf now. But what would be an ideal team or why would somebody do a team besides just, you know, when you go to these locations, there's a lot of equipment. There's a lot of slugging around. You need somebody on camera. Can you tell us a little bit what would the different roles be? What would an ideal team look like and do people play different parts on a team what's that all about so yeah that's that's something i i kind of find laughable at. i think it's hilarious um i there was a time where i wanted to create the paranormal dream team i still do and that would be taking other people who are already on a paranormal team who i believe is equivalent to what it is that I'm doing in the field and we can all better ourselves. And I wouldn't be asking them to leave their group, but whenever it's go time for the paranormal dream team, kind of like basketball, remember when they had the best of the best, the dream team, right? Uh, Same thing. So what I would be, what I would want to look for is um, 
someone who see it's weird. So normal teams, right? Outside of what I do, they they have like an EVP specialist, a a uh, I don't even know the team, a team leader, a tech specialist, a manager, a I can't remember the names that they use anymore, but uh, ridiculous, ridiculous names. Like you're an EVP specialist, like. You, you listen back to an EVP and you're so good at it that you can pick up something that isn't there. I mean, that's not hard to do, but you're a specialist in that. Like, I'm sorry, but right. if I'm saying, is there anybody in this room right now? It doesn't take a specialist to hear something that comes after that question if it's not you because <laughs> nobody right. else talks. So I think it's kind of funny and humorous. Um, I, I really wish I could remember the name of the other manager thing. It's like a location manager or something. Somebody that always picks up the phone and calls the book okay. the location. So um, I think the team name, I think, I think those things are so ridiculous. Like I would be looking more or less for me getting, let's just say the EVP specialist. Let's just say I pick apart different people that have different titles, right? Bring them in from the teams were together, I would tell them nobody is a specialist. Nobody is an EVP. Nobody is the lead investigator. I see something in all of you that we can do phenomenal shit together. Filming, go back to your teams, do whatever you want. And then when it's go time for the dream team, we come together and we all fucking just feed off each other because that's what it should be. Like, I don't care who's getting more attention, whether it's me or anything else. One, I, I really don't even like being on camera. Like I'm there for the actual footage and the evidence in this and trying to really get this footage going it's just you know that that would be ideal for me and every time i try people will message me oh i wish i was closer oh i wish i was this well you don't have to be closer like you travel to the location you don't have to be in the same city as me to get to the location just make sure you're capable of getting there and it's it's very hard but then again i'm very intimidating with when it comes to this field and as you know like i i i I don't think you think I'm intimidating, but I can see how other people can based off all the other things I do. So it's very hard for me to find that dream team, but that would be my ideal thing. Other than that, I, I think it's, I think it's ridiculous to give people titles as if they're, they're, I don't know, as if they went and got a degree doing it. It's, it's hilarious to me. I make fun of that shit all the time. Yeah. And I just want, yeah, I, I, I had heard you sort of make fun of that in the, in the past. And I guess that's sort of what, sparked the question was you know, we never really talked about your dream team although you had mentioned that concept before about what it would really look like and then as i can imagine just like um well just like a like a tv production right you've got different pieces of equipment that need to be looked at and monitored you're going to these locations things need to get there um i can see the value of having some of that but i can also see the struggle and people you know, sort of fighting to be the one on camera or fighting to be the one to be the the lead, the person who and, heard it, saw it, discovered it, whatever. Yeah, and that's it. And the thing is, is a lot of these people have like 10 people to a team. That's too many people in a building. You, If, if you and I, right, standing there together and eight of our other team members are three things down, oh, I heard a noise. Hey, guys, was that you? Okay, it was you. Okay, cool. Now all you're doing, like you're screaming this across the thing or on walkie talkies or doing shit. I'm like, you're wasting so much time. Just you, I I just want me and one other person, someone to film and me on camera or vice versa. Give me the camera, you film. That's all it really takes. That's it. 
you know. And that sounds it, like good advice for somebody starting out too, because then you're you're not struggling to be a leader to a whole bunch of people, and you don't have to deal with that group dynamic if it's you and a good buddy and someone you know, as you said, you started out with. Um, that just seems like a, a heck of a lot easier to. It's so to much deal easier and manu- yeah. maneuver. Yeah, yeah. Man, you want something done up. right? You want something done right? Do it yourself. That's it. So I just do all this shit myself because I know it will get done up to the par that I need it to be my standards, you know? Yeah. And again, sort of, as we said in the last episode, just like any business, that's again, kind of good advice. It's like, really, that's how it's going to be. If you've got a vision and you want something done a particular way, then, then you really need to, to be that person who can inspire it, which you are, but then who can also manage it and, and make it happen with, whether it's with one people or one person or a group of people, pardon me. Um, and it's going to be a lot easier with one person for sure. Okay. That's good. I wanted to ask about that. I wanted to circle back to equipment to sort of narrow down. So somebody's here talking to us. They want to, they want to go home, get on the internet tonight. They want to buy the three or four basic pieces of equipment that they need. Just go over that again. What, what you think they would be. And I know the last time you said there would be some price discrepancy, uh, in one of the, is it the K2 meter, uh, maybe all of the stuff, but particularly with the paranormal equipment, if I buy the $60 one or the $80 one, is there really that much difference? There really isn't. So three things that you definitely need, in my opinion, a night vision camera, because all the lights should be off and you could see through the night vision camera, a digital voice recorder. And that's pretty so much available. Anywhere. That's I mean, not you go to Best Buy, Walmart, paranormal Amazon. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to go to a paranormal site to buy it. Like, it, a camera is a camera. <laughs> um, so a night vision camera or infrared camera, but then we're kind of getting better. I use an infrared camera because it's a wider spectrum. However, you don't need it. Night vision camera, again, basics, right? Night vision camera so you can see in the dark and see the shadow figures or whatever because it's picking up on a larger light spectrum that we see with our own eyes. Digital voice recorder to pick up the spirits because it's on a different frequency level. And then what I love is the spirit box because it does sweep radio frequencies at either 100 milliseconds, 150 milliseconds, 200, 250, 300, 350, or 400. I do it at 150 milliseconds, 0.150 seconds, which is scanning too fast for it to actually say a word or a sentence. So if it does, that's paranormal. That's something that's credible. Do you need a spirit box? No. What you really ultimately need for sure, in my opinion, because seeing is believing a night vision camera. The rest is just if you want it to back or validate what it is that you may or may not have captured on camera. But the three things that I would get, night vision camera, digital voice recorder, and a spirit box. In that order. Yeah, okay. That's what I wanted to know. And just, you know, for people starting out, I think that's really great. Now, just on equipment, and just because I've seen it in use, I can't remember if it was you or if it was somebody else. What's the device that um, looks like it has a bit of a screen and, and then the the spirits or the entities show as little stick people. Oh uh, yeah. The SLS. <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 if you, and I'll that, just say as a we, skeptic, why do I want to believe that? Because there's just something about me that thinks that thinks that in today's engineering and electronics sophistication, that, that that's just an, an echo of the image that's actually there. I mean, that's just me as a, 
a neophyte sort of looking at it, kind of going, I don't know if I believe that. Yeah, so I could break that down um, simple without getting too technical. It's actually made from an Xbox 360. That should be red flag number one. It's made from a gaming console. Okay. Now, right. notice how the figures, okay, when you do see them, they're green and they bend at yes. the joint, okay? So yes. if you look up how they make basketball figures, football players for Xbox 360, they're wearing pretty much a green suit with these little um, sensors on their joints. So for that to get picked up on the Xbox 360, that's what it has to look like. Is it coincidental that the figures on this Xbox 360 on the SLS are green and bend at the joints? That's really all I'm going to say about that. No, it's not picking right. up spirits. That's the easiest way that I can say it. Um, without breaking the whole entire piece of equipment down. And if I did, you would, it, you, the time for it, we just don't have the time to do that. But if I did, you would understand like, okay, it is fake. Now people be like, well, it's not because there was a figure there and I felt it touching me when it was there. No, you were told that it's there and you believed it was touching you because you felt like it was there. If there really was a spirit being picked up on that device with the green thing, then one, <laughs> the night vision camera or the IR camera would pick it up as well because the frequency of light spectrum is much larger than the SLS. So it would pick it up hands down, no matter what, no fans are buts about that. Also the frequency on a digital voice recorder would pick up that entity, but then they're like, well, what if it's not talking? Okay. It would still pick up some type of energy is always making noise on some type of frequency level. Some There's sort of always frequency some disruption something, something. So if you get that digital voice recorder and put it there and there's nothing disturbing it, it's not, there's nothing there. There's no energy there causing it. And none of that has ever been proven. There has never been somebody that does that with a voice recorder or does that with a night vision camera. Sure. They've recorded with the night vision camera while seeing it on the SLS, but you never see a figure on the night vision or IR camera um, next to the SLS camera. Never. I tried doing that with the footage that I have on my YouTube with the SLS camera and you could see the figure and I have the night vision camera. You still don't see it. You just don't see it. Right. Um, because it's a video game console. It's nothing, nothing backs that whatsoever to prove that it's picking up another realm, any frequency whatsoever, other than the fact that it's a video game console and it's made to pick up that exact figure based off how it's designed. That's all it is. Right. Again, right. Xbox well, that, 360 that video game. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I wanted to I wanted to ask about that because I could see how well even me, if I were to go to the paranormal website to buy this stuff and look at that, that would look really sexy. Like that would look like something like, Whoa, it does that? Oh, oh I gotta yeah. do that. And I'm mm -hmm. sure that's probably one of the more expensive pieces of equipment, even though it's a recycled game box so it's, yeah and you know, they I, oversell them so much when you can realistically make one for under a hundred bucks or buy one for 400 plus it's it's insane right right okay and so they good. die Not super a... fast they die so fast within like 10 minutes oh really yeah so not not a good investment That's not good. not at all if someone has one and you're with a team or whatever entertain yourself and use it if you want but in reality, you're wasting time, in my opinion. You're just wasting time, and it's all you're doing. And I wanted to talk about locations. 
Um, so I'm gathering you just can't you just can't do an investigation any old where or can you? Uh, you've talked about going to cemeteries and going to specific locations where you've had to pay a fee. Where would somebody, again, somebody starting out, could they go to the, the cemetery at the corner in their, in their neighborhood? Do they have to go where there's some known legend or paranormal activity? What are your thoughts on that? So like I said in uh, part one, episode one, previous to this, I went, my first thing was at a cemetery in Castadega, Florida. So I don't think they're wrong now. What I know now, eight years now, after, it's free, it's cheap, do it. It can get expensive. Booking locations, there are a lot of places that aren't. And this is another reason why people have teams, because if you have a team of 10, each person pays 100 bucks, you can get into a $1,000 location. So that's the benefit. That's the only beneficial side to having a team, in my opinion. Now, of a team, sure. If you make good money, you, you, you live at home with your parents, you don't have rent, I don't, what, whatever your financial situation is, you could find a cheap location. But a place like Waverly Hills is $1,500. A place like, uh, uh, dang, off the top of my head, I, can't, I honestly can't think. Um, the Old Clay County Jail or the Old Hamilton County Jail, 100 bucks, 50 bucks per person or 100 bucks if you have two, whatever. You know? There are cheap places that will extend, extend the time. Like some places are only like 500 bucks for four hours. Other places are 500 bucks for 18 hours. Personally, I would go to the place that is longer time. Now, is also, it, it's like, okay, just because a TV show said the place is haunted, you got to understand they're also there for entertainment value for the TV show. So ratings can come in. It's a business. A TV show is a business. Now, I would suggest going to YouTube and looking, did anybody actually post real good clips? Don't go to their website because, again, they're marketing the company. It's a business. You're renting a building out to do something. You're paying their bills. So go to YouTube where people actually already paid to go there, and they're not making money off this YouTube shit. You know, and if they are, it's what ten cents for every hundred thousand views watched. They're not making millions off of it. They're just posting what they want. Right. Go there, and you're gonna see it. Then you make up your own decision. That shit was fake. That's not even good enough to spend five hundred bucks. Oh, they had a K two light up in a cold spot. Do I really want to pay five hundred bucks for that? So that's my advice. And here's another thing. And, and, and my thing, I made a video about this on, on Facebook like seven years ago. It's probably still there where I went live and I was telling people, I don't give a shit if the building itself looks haunted, the conjuring house, the in in and the history is the the biggest bloodiest murder ever and everybody died there and everybody got footage there, right? And if I'm in that building and I'm not getting paranormal proof, but I step out to the mailbox and that's where I'm getting proof at, I'm gonna investigate by that mailbox because that's where I am getting footage. So it's not necessarily like, like I said, a lot of this now based than what it was eight years ago. I know that's not a long time ago, but it is when it comes to changing business schemes because of the internet. Um, a lot of places are just claiming they're haunted. A lot of people are changing their story. A lot of books and fabrication is out there because you have to understand it's a business. They're making money off this and it's easy money. I mean, shit, you open seven days a week, even charging $400 a night for a team, just do the math, 400 times seven. And then times that by four. That's how much they're making a month. So, of course, they're going to boost it up and say that it's haunted. You know, but in my opinion, very few. 
I choose the darker of the darkest locations. They're very dark. I do very in-depth research. And then I'll see how much footage is out there. If there's not a lot of footage, but the history is super dark and I really do research. I don't just pick the first two links off Google. And then I'll ask people, you know, that I trust about a place. And then I go with my gut. And when you, I just go with my gut. And when you say dark, you mean the history of the events there is very yeah. dark and demonic yeah. or just, or, or there's not much light there. Sorry. Just really. Asking. Um, d- no dark and demonic. I would rather do the dark of the yeah. dark. Cause if I'm there to get footage, I want the best of the best. I'm not looking for the lady in white. I'm not trying to contact two little girl spirits. You know what I mean? I want, yeah. Give yep. me what it is. I want to see it now. Darker, the better I do. Now when I ask locations, I do say what's, are you around a city you more isolated? Um, Cause I couldn't find anything online. How are the lights there? Oh, no, there's no lights. Perfect. I will do that. Are there any street lights nearby? No street lights. Perfect. Because I want it pitch black because then my night vision and IR cameras are going to work better. You see what I mean? So it's not just for me. The, you're, you're kind of, Everybody listening, you're kind of getting a piece of how I work, which is why the dream team thing is a big deal to me because I don't want lights. I don't want these things. It, it, that's going to better the footage and that's going to better the documentation. And notice how I'm not saying ever it's going to make me a star. I'm always saying it's going to better the footage and the documentation because that's what it is that I'm, I, I want. That's why I push these limits. And that, yeah, that's it. Like it's, I, I really want the details of the place. Not, oh my God, Ghost Adventures was there. Oh my God, they said they'll never go back again. Oh man, my buddy was just there and I heard about this place because it popped up as a sponsored ad on Facebook. I got to go. You know how many sponsored ads of haunted places are about to pop up during this fall season because one, COVID's over pretty much and buildings are opening back up. And this is the prime time for people to start ghost hunting because supposedly it's scary because it's Halloween. <laughs> right. It's crazy. <laughs> Right. And so just on that as well, you, you just mentioned, you're very good at speaking. You're very good at public speaking. You're very good at talking off the top of your head kind of things. Like I know some people don't even like to do a Facebook live. They don't even like to hear their recorded voice. What kind of things or would you suggest that people do to sort of practice that? And then what should they be? I guess they should really be narrating the experience. Is that it? Should they be narrating what they're doing as it's happening? Yeah, that's what I do for the most part for my footage. I, I used to, I was always nervous. I'm super shy again. Alter ego comes into play. And right now this is me because I've been doing this for a while. So I'm comfortable doing this. But when I first started like video lives, I'm like, oh, I don't like how it looks. I, I hate my voice. So I never watch my footage. I've never listened back to a podcast. I slowly will listen to bits and pieces now because I got to edit footage and do things, but I still cringe because I'm like, oh, that's me, but it is what it is. So my best or my best advice would be just do it. Who cares what you look like? You know what I mean? Who cares what you sound like? Because you got to think you're seeing what you look like and sound like, but everybody else has already seen you and heard what you sound like. That's just it. Like that's what you look like. Deal with it, you know? Yeah, or contrarily, doesn't know what you really look like and sound like in real being. So it doesn't yeah. really matter because exactly. what, they're, what they're seeing of you on YouTube is all they know of you. So that's, that's you. That's good that's advice. It. That's good advice. So, I mean, it, yeah, and it really is like wholeheartedly, it gets better. Like it gets easier. Easy. Like now you can ask me any question. Yeah. You you can ask me before if anybody asked me questions like seven years ago, six years ago, I'd be like, Oh, let me think about that. You know, now 
asked me a question and it's because again, I know this kind of goes back to part one, but I found my niche within the field and I, and I know what I'm talking about because through experience and through learning and teaching myself and everything else, you can't really get a degree in that. Like you can go to school for public speaking, but I don't feel like that helps. The best way that helps is pull your phone out, do a Facebook live and just start talking, talk about what the status is that you are going to post. That will help instead of typing it out, talk about it live. It's the same concept and you'll get better at speaking and you'll get better at being on video. Boom. Yep. And that's exactly you're going to post it anyways. So just back to yeah. put your face on that. Mm-hmm. That's the same advice they give to, to actors starting out that are not used to self taping, which is now what we do. Instead of going in live to audition, we do self tapes and it mm-hmm. really freaks people out. You don't want to self-tape, but you want to be on TV. Okay, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to freak you out more when you have 15 cameras fucking filming you at all different angles and about 100 people in a studio staring at you. Go. Yeah. And the beautiful beautiful thing about your iPhone and doing your self-tape is they don't know if you did it 15 times before you submitted or if you did it once. If you do a live audition, you're lucky if you get to do it once. Exactly. They'll they'll cut you off within 30 seconds because they don't like it. No. Yeah, we're all carrying a video camera. Practice, practice. Just Legit in the iPhone right now. Narrating. The iPhone twelve. You have the best. Your dog. Just yeah, like just practice. Yeah, it's easy, yeah. and you'll get used to it, and you will get used to what you look like, and you will get used to mm-hmm. what you sound like, and mm-hmm. it's all good. Good. Final thing, um, and we are sort of coming up to the end, so this is good. Is it realistic to hope to monetize any of this? Or is this just really a hobby that you have to be prepared to just sink money into? That's it. Don't go in thinking you're going to monetize it and make money. I, I did, but my, my brain, my brain thinks differently. I'm very self-motivated too. And I knew I was shy. I knew I was quiet. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew that I was going to do it. And I know that I'm still going to do it and still get better. So if you have that type of drive, absolutely go in with that. But don't go in with, man, I just did my first video. I'm going to monetize this. Man, I waited many years until I, till I feel like I, and I still haven't mastered my craft. I never will because I'm always advancing it. So I'm never going to reach the bar that I set for myself, which is why I'm always bettering myself at this craft. So I never, I waited forever. Like even now, like, I mean, the numbers that reach Saturday night's podcast, could we monetize it and could we get sponsors and jump in on it and get videos and do this and, and, and get commercial spots? Probably. But in my personal opinion right now, I feel like we would be taking away the experience that the audience is giving it. You know, I'm all about the audience and the, and the production quality and how I want to present the show, you know, to people and whatever. Yeah. So if that's your, if that's your focus is to come in and be a star and then you know what? Join the list of people, join the hundreds of other thousands of people that are doing it. And just like part one said, enjoy the competition. You better look at it like a competition. You better have tough skin. So, but can you monetize it? Yeah, you can. You can monetize your video, whatever the YouTube walls are, whatever. After, I can't remember, they change it all the time. A thousand subscribers and this and that. And sure, you can monetize it. Pay for subscribers, pay to promo it, get your subscribers up there and do it. If that's what you want. I mean, you're going to invest more into paying for it to be sponsored to get all those subscribers. You're going to be investing more into that than what you're probably actually going to make for a couple of years anyways, after you spent money promoing it compared to what you're going to make for the monetization that YouTube even gives you. So you might as well just wait a couple of years, 
to enhance your craft and focus on that and get real followers, get real money, get realness coming to you rather than just, oh, first month, let's do this and then stress out. You're going to burn yourself out and you're not even going to like the hobby that you chose to even do anymore because you lost what it is for fun. So that's my opinion. I would wait just like anything. You go to school for four years for a degree, two years for a degree. You don't start that job in two months. You sit there and you study your craft for years to get that degree. Think of it that way. That makes sense. This is like a hobby that becomes something. This isn't, this isn't like any other business that you can just start and set up. I'm not going to go to Amazon tonight and get my equipment. I'm not going to go out tomorrow and rent a location and hope that within three weeks or four weeks, I can turn that into some sort of revenue. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, you could go in with that, that, you could go with that mindset, but be prepared to, to lose. But again, I treat it like a business without making money. I just treat it like a business because that's, that's yeah. okay. Well, and you're at a different point now too. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. That was a wonderful wrap up. I think to episode one, I hope everybody goes back and listens to that. If you've got questions, reach out to us on Instagram or send us messages on Facebook. Stephen, thanks for sharing with us. Yeah, no, absolutely, guys. And thank you so much for tuning into this. There's going to be plenty more. And don't forget, every Saturday night, 9 p.m., Kevin and I are live for just random topics, two hours long. So, yeah, I hope you all have a great time. I'm looking forward to doing episode two of this. This will be fun. Everybody have a great day. We'll talk again soon. Take care.